All right, greetings to all of our campuses. We are glad that all of you are here. Uh, Before we jump into the message, um, I I wanted to mention something to all of us here who consider Christ community your church home. So if you're visiting, you can tune out for a minute or two, okay? But as we're nearing the end of the year, let me encourage you to remember Christ community in your year of end, um, your end of year giving. Um, I, I know a lot of great organizations are requesting your donations this time of year, but I want to encourage you to give priority to your church, to the storehouse that provides spiritual impact, not only to you and your family, but to many, many others. There are so many cool things going on um, in people's lives. I just talked to a, a, a guy in our church um, just recently who, after almost losing his marriage, um, he now has been free from pornography for several months. His marriage is doing great. It was awesome to see the smile on his face and the joy reflected in his life. And lives are being changed here. Marriages are being restored. Children impacted. People are coming to Christ. And that All of that happens. It takes all of us loving and serving and and giving to make those things happen. So right now we are are significantly behind in our congregationally approved budget and would love to see that get caught up here in December. So thank you for giving priority in your generosity towards your church to replenish the, the storehouse. Your gifts matter. Okay, so let's transition here. Uh, how, is, uh, how is Christmas shopping going? Some of you have been done for weeks. We hate you. No, just kidding. Um, others of you haven't even started yet. You love the challenge, you know, Christmas Eve, starting early, the challenge that. And I'm guessing that there are some of us still searching for that one special gift, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. We're still looking for Turbo Man or whatever, right? This is sort of a parent thing, isn't it? Often as parents, we want our kids to have an awesome Christmas, to get that special gift that they've been wanting or that gift that will totally surprise them. And we can easily get so focused on trying to find that perfect gift that we lose sight of a vitally important, life-changing gift that the children we love long for and need. And the cool thing about this gift is that it doesn't require shopping. Or spending. It is a gift that every one of us has the power to give to the children around us, to our own children or grandchildren, to the neighborhood children, the neighborhood kids, our nieces, our nephews, to the children we interact with in any context. Every one of us here can give this gift. And in doing so, we can positively impact their lives in significant ways. So what is this gift? And why is it we don't give this gift more often? Well, that's what I want to talk about today. We're in a teaching series entitled As a Child, and we're talking about the power of viewing this Christmas season through the lens of a child. So if you have your Bible, if you have your iPad or smartphone or whatever you use to look at the Bible with us, feel free to turn to Mark chapter 10, verses 13 to 16. Mark chapter 10, verses 13 to 16, where we see this gift being given to children and also being withheld from children. Okay, so let me read this passage. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. 
He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. This is God's word. Okay, so what is this gift that is being given to children in this passage? It's the gift of value. The gift of value, valuing each child, letting them know that they have value and worth, not because they're getting A's or they're scoring goals or because they're sitting still, but because they are the unique and wonderful people God has made. See, that's what Jesus is doing in this passage. He is urging us to see children the way God sees children. In God's eyes, children have incredible value. Jesus says that the kingdom of God, he says here, the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Little children are a model to us of, of the, the kind of heart that pleases God. It's a heart of faith. It's a heart of humility. It's a heart of dependence, not self-sufficiency and independence and pride. No, it's the opposite. Humility, it's faith, dependence. These childlike qualities are precious to God. They're precious to God. God values children beyond what we could even imagine. But not everyone feels this way, as we see in this passage. Not everyone around Jesus values children the way Jesus does. And so in this scene, these parents are bringing their children to Jesus so that he could bless them. It probably was a bit chaotic, you know, you know, kids are running around and jumping and screaming and parents are holding on to the hands of the, you know, the younger ones and all that. And then they're bringing them to Jesus and the disciples, Jesus' disciples are shooing them away. Actually, the word is much stronger than that. Mark tells us that these disciples rebuked these parents. They rebuked them. This word is not describing a polite um, consumer, you know, uh, focused approach here, right? That you would, the consumer's always right, the customer's always right. That's not what's happening here. It's not describing a polite approach. You know, hey, Jesus is busy right now. Could you guys come back a little later? No, no, that's not what's happening here. This word means a public expression of condemnation. Of, of disapproval. The disciples were not polite about this. They publicly, they rebuked these parents for even trying to have Jesus bless their children. I mean, in a very real sense, they were, they were simply reflecting the attitude of their culture. Children were to be seen and not heard. They were not important. They were not valuable except in the fields, maybe, and what they could produce. They were not valuable. Certainly, they were not worth an interruption in Jesus' schedule. I mean, he, he had important things to do, adult things, right? Like, like teaching and healing and ministering to the real people, right? The, 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 to the adults. See, in that culture, adults were viewed as important. Children, not so important. Now, before we look with disdain on these disciples, perhaps we should look at our own culture and ask the same question. How well do we value children? 
Do we, vow, do we view them as, as important and significant, or are they an inconvenience, a hindrance keeping us from filling, fulfilling our dreams and our goals? In the last 40 years, 53 million children have been legally aborted in the United States. 53 million Most of those were done because having a child was an inconvenience at the time. Having a child didn't fit into people's plans or it was an embarrassing situation or whatever. So the abortion was used as a solution. But it's it's a solution that causes lots of heartache and pain and the ultimate devaluing of children by taking their life. Now, please hear me. I am, not, I am not trying to pontificate and point judgmental fingers at past mistakes. We are all sinners, all of us. We have all made mistakes in our past. And the good news for all of us is that Jesus heals and he forgives. No sin, no sin is too great for him not to be willing to forgive. Thankfully, we have a big savior for big sinners like all of us. We have a Savior big enough to forgive, and he's willing to do so. If you, if you have not received his forgiveness for any part you had in an abortion decision, he is waiting to shower you with his forgiveness and his love. Just bring that to him. Confess that to him and begin that journey of, of healing. But forgiveness is from Jesus. I believe, I, I believe that Jesus welcomed your child with open arms. He welcomed your child with open arms, as this passage seems to indicate. Jesus loves children. Now, this devaluing of children, is, it, it, it's not simply reflected in abortion statistics. You know, as families are breaking up, so often it's the children who are impacted the most deeply. Um, even in, even in um, um, families where the marriage is together, parents can become so focused on achieving their own goals and aspirations that the children get neglected. I remember hearing a country singer, well-known country singer, talk about their career and all the traveling they did when their kids were young. And, and this well-known performer said this, I know I wasn't there for my kids like I should have been. But my children just needed to know that my career was important to me. Translated, that means my career was more important than they were. It's very easy for us as parents to let our careers, our hobbies, our own ambitions become more valuable to us than our children. I mean, which do our children want and need more? The extra income working long hours brings or more time with us? Which is more valuable to our children? The extra income that working all those long hours brings or wanting time with us? I think we all know the answer to that. We can easily end up subconsciously dismissing our children by not having time for them, by not valuing their feelings, by not valuing their perspective. And we, sometimes we just do it subconsciously because we're just pursuing all these things and we forget what's really important. We can forget what's really important. Now, however this devaluing happens, one thing is very clear in this passage. According to Jesus, devaluing children is not 
okay. It is not okay. Jesus lays into his disciples. Mark tells us that Jesus was indignant. He was significantly angered and frustrated. I mean, so often when we read Jesus' words here in this passage, we hear them through this very gentle, calm voice. Let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them, right? We, we hear that, that that's not what's happening. <laughs> we hear it that way, but that is not what's happening. As the disciples are rebuking these parents for bringing their little children, Jesus loudly and forcefully reacts. Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. This is forceful. This is one of the most forceful passages where Jesus, in terms of his intensity and his response, this clearly hit a nerve. It clearly hit a nerve with Jesus, and it hasn't stopped hitting a nerve with him. Jesus' heart is grieved and angered when we devalue children, when we dismiss them or ignore them or neglect them or overlook them or deem them as being an inconvenience. God desperately wants us to see children the way he does. Now, here's, here's the cool thing about this passage. We not only see the value of children from God's perspective. We've already talked about that. We also see how we can give them the gift of value. How we can do this. It is not complicated. It is not beyond the reach or capacity of any one of us here. All of us can do this. All of us. Every one of us can give to the children around us. We can give value, whether it's our own children, our neighbor's children, our friend's children, our grandchildren, our nieces, nephews, the students in our classroom. All of us can be generous dispensers of value into the lives of the children around us. What it requires is intentionality, a choice to pour value into the children around us. So what does this look like specifically? Let's get really practical here. How can we intentionally value the children in our lives? Well, there are, there are a couple of specific things that we see in this passage. First of all, we see the power of noticing them. Noticing them. There is amazing value that gets communicated simply by noticing a child. Stopping in the midst of our busyness to, to make eye contact, to pay attention to them, to smile at them. We are told here in verse 16 that Jesus took the children into his arms. I mean, this is such a fun thing to imagine. Jesus taking time in the midst of saving the world, right? Taking time to value, to hold these children, to talk to them, to listen to them, to make eye contact with them, to notice them. There is such power in noticing people. In, in our city here, there is a volunteer crossing guard named George who every day helps make sure that children are able to cross 4th Street safely. It's a wonderful thing that he and all the volunteer crossing guards are doing. But there's something special about George. And if you drive that route, you know exactly what I'm going to say here. You see, every day, George waves at every car that goes by. So for years, every morning, George waves at me. And I wave back. 
It is a really simple thing. But the other morning, I had this realization. Every day, George is giving me a gift. Every day, George is giving me a gift, the gift of value. He notices me. He waves at me. And it makes me feel good to see that and to wave back. I don't know him personally. I mean, I did stop by one day a few years ago, gave him some hot chocolate just as a thank you. But beyond that, we have had no interaction. But that daily wave is a gift to me. We have a ministry here called Kids Hope. Many of you are familiar with it. We've done it for years. We connect mentors in our church with at-risk elementary school children in our district. And we believe, and statistics bear this out, that these kinds of relationships can have a huge impact in the lives of these children. I mean, we're all worried about crime and all of us, right, and gangs and all that stuff. We believe the best way to solve those things is to impact them before they get into those things. It's to love on and impact these children when they're in elementary school. That can alter the trajectory of their lives. We love Kids Hope. We have like 70 mentors. I wish we had twice as many. And so does Maplewood Elementary. They wish they have the need for twice as many. But that's another um, thing. The need is really that great. But my point is, I remember years ago, when we were just starting Kids Hope, and I was reading some information. That's a national organization. I was reading some information, and I was watching some videos. I remember this video. I'll never forget this. A school principal was being interviewed. And, and, and she made this comment about just about kids' hope in general. This principal said, if a person would just walk by the playground and wave at a child every day, it would make an impact in that child's life. If they would just walk by the playground and notice a child and wave at them, it would make an impact. I've never forgotten that. The incredible power of just noticing children, of paying attention to them. Every one of us has the capacity to give this gift away multiple times a day. At the grocery store, in our neighborhood, rather than ignoring the kids that play in your street, complaining about the kids that play in your street, what about stopping and finding out their names? Or bringing out Snickers or Skittles or something to them periodically. Letting them know that you care about them. You never know how powerful that will be. So often these children are in homes where they aren't noticed. They aren't valued. So this is one key way to value children. It's by intentionally noticing them. Noticing them. And some of you are in professions where you see children all the time. And it may be easy to just lose sight of the impact of this. Just you caring about a child, that makes a huge impact. You teachers, you can make a huge impact. Even without many words, just by pouring in to these children. All of us have this opportunity with the children around us to notice them. And by noticing them, to value them. But there's a second thing that we see happening in this passage, something that I'm personally very passionate about because I've experienced the impact in our own family, and I'm so excited to talk with you about this, and that is the power of blessing. 
the power of blessing, blessing children. In this passage, we are told that Jesus took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. Mark chapter 10, verse 16. He blessed them. Now, what what does that mean? In our culture, we use the word blessing a lot, and we use it in a really, usually, we use it in a very general sort of way. Be a blessing to people, which means do nice things for people, and you can be a blessing, and all that stuff. Oh, that's great. That's, That's great. But that's not what's happening in this passage. And the word blessing in scripture, it is a major theme in scripture. And it does not simply mean be nice to people. There is something else happening here in this passage and in many of the other passages where blessing is being talked about. The word blessing here and in scripture, in all the scripture, speaks of something far more substantial and important and impacting than just being nice to people and doing nice things for people. Here's a definition I came across that, that I think is, is really, really helpful. A biblical blessing is the transmittal or endowment of the power of God's goodness and favor, usually through the spoken word and the accompanying act of laying on of hands. Let me read that again. A biblical blessing is the transmittal or endowment of the power of God's goodness and favor, usually through the spoken word and the accompanying act of laying on of hands. See, from a biblical perspective, blessing is a way to actually impart to another person the goodness and favor of God. There is a spiritual interaction that happens It is a way to actually impart or endow upon someone else the power and the favor and the goodness of God. It's an opportunity for a tangible, spiritual impartation to happen to this person. It's very powerful. And you can study it in scripture and you look in Genesis and these blessings and the significance of it there. And it's like, what is going on there? That seems really important. It is. It was really important. Our words matter, and they can do damage, or they can bless in this way. They can impart blessing to other people. So what we need to understand here is we're unpacking this a little bit. We need to understand that blessing is not the same thing as prayer. Even though some people think those are identical, they're not. They're they're different. Prayer is spoken to God. Prayer is spoken to God. A blessing is spoken to you. It is spoken upon you. For instance, at the end of every service that I'm a part of, I like to pray. At the end, I like to pray and pronounce a blessing. And they're separate things. So the prayer, Father, thank you for what you're doing here. And pray for all of us. You know, just kind of praying to the Lord for him to pour out his spirit and all of those things. It's prayer, speaking to God. But then, when I'm done with that prayer, I will say something like, now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. See, that's from Numbers chapter 6. Verses 24 to 26, one of the most well-known blessings in all of Scripture. See, notice in that blessing, I am speaking to you. 
I want these words to impart something to you, to impart God's favor and goodness into your life. This is not simply a religious thing that pastors do. You know, no, there is real spiritual life imparted in the act of blessing, which is why I give it the importance I do in terms of trying to close every service with that blessing. So by the way, if you're in the habit of leaving our service early, I'm just saying, you're missing out, regularly missing out on an impartation from God to you. Just saying. Okay. So, so, um, so I, lo- I love doing this as, as a pastor in this church. It is, it is an incredible privilege as your pastor to, to do this every week. But it is not simply a pastoral function. It's not. Blessing others in this way is something all of us can do. In fact, we are, we are commanded to bless others. And one of the specific, one of the, uh, one of the specific emphasis in scripture is the blessing of children. We're commanded to bless others, but one of the specific ways that is talked about in scripture is the blessing of children. See, that's what we see Jesus doing in this passage. He is laying his hands on each child. And he is speaking a blessing over each of these children. And every one of us here can do this same thing, especially those of us who are parents or grandparents. We can speak a blessing upon our children or grandchildren in this way. And by doing so, we are communicating value as well as imparting spiritual life and goodness into their lives which is an amazing thing. Think about it. You can impart this into your children or grandchildren's life. This is an amazing thing. So this is something that I read about law, or I think it was before our first child, maybe. I read about this somewhere in a book. Actually, there's a handout we'll give you later, and there's a book that I did come in, in contact with early on in this process. It was really helpful. Opened my eyes this whole thing and the power of it. So I have practiced this blessing for years with our children when they were when they were in our home we only have one in our home now but every night before they went to bed i would lay my hands on them either on their head or shoulder and i would and i would pray for them first of all i'd pray for them um, and then i would speak the number 6 24 to 26 blessing that i just mentioned a moment ago now may the lord bless you and keep you may the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Hundreds and hundreds of times, actually 18 times 365 is over 5,000 times. 5,000 times I got to impart spiritual blessing on to my children. Now, now it wasn't this dramatic, you know, super spiritual thing. A lot of times it felt more like a, uh, more like a ritual, like a simple ritual. But even then, when I felt like it just, you know, I'm just doing this because I know it's important. But it maybe didn't feel this huge power or whatever, but I knew it was important. Even when it felt like more of a ritual, I knew I had scriptural backing to support the truth that my words were imparting life to my children every time I did this. Every parent here, every grandparent here can do this. If you're just starting, I encourage you to use the number six, 
24 to 26 blessing. I just read. That's the one I used. I continue to use. It's, I love it because it speaks of God's love and favor and peace resting on your child, which is such a cool thing, right? We want them to live every day knowing that God is with them and that he is for them and that he loves them. I love that imagery. His face... May his face shine upon you. This, this whole idea of God's face being turned towards us. Because a lot of us, especially a lot of children, we don't really, we, we feel like we're bad. And God doesn't love us, right? And, and God's turned his face away from us. See, when we do that, we don't really understand the gospel. Because in Jesus, God's face is never turned away from us. Jesus already paid for all that. And so imagine this idea of blessing your children, because all of us struggle with this, especially children, insecurity, and God doesn't love me, and, you know, people don't love me, and my feet are too big, and, my, you know, all that stuff that children wrestle with, all those insecurities. Imagine every day, or, or often, imparting to them this, this truth that God's face is towards them, that he is on their side. He is with them, and he, he loves them. So there are other blessings, great blessings in scripture you can use as well. We've, uh, as I mentioned a moment ago, we've created a handout to give you as you leave the service today, um, just so that our goal was really to uh, just have resources in your hands so that you can practice this and use this. So we mentioned some other scriptures there to use. Um, and you can make up your own blessing as long as it aligns with scripture and what you believe God wants to do. So, um, but you can write down the blessing from scripture. One of those verses, you can write down a, a note card. You can put it in your smartphone or whatever and just pull it up. And then every night or morning, if that works better, before they go to school or whatever, you can speak this blessing over your child as, as you lay a hand on them. It is simple and yet incredibly powerful. And I, I believe it's made a, a, a huge difference in the lives of my children. Now, I know that's really hard to measure, and I'm not talking about a formula here and all that stuff. I, I, I know it's hard to measure, but I did email them, three of them, um, this past week, the three that are out of the home, and I asked them, how did you feel about that? What, what did you think of that? Um, so one of them said, initially I was too young to really understand the spiritual significance behind it. It did, though, serve as a peaceful and consistent way to bring closure to every day. No matter where relationships ended or what had happened that day, it was a reminder that I was loved. That continual reminder helped bring a lot of peace. Another one of my children said, I really enjoyed it, and I find myself doing it when I'm praying for other people. So it was important to me and affected me, even if I didn't understand it completely. And then another one said, when I was younger, I just remember liking it, knowing that you loved and cared about me. It made me feel very special and was a tangible way of knowing God cared. As I grew older, I listened more to the prayer and was thinking more about how every night you're praying for me and for my future and my future spouse, etc., and how cool it was that it was every day. Sometimes they still ask me to pray um, for them at night when they're in our home and, and to bless them. And, and uh, so you're never too old to want this. Um, I remember when I first began learning about this 15 years ago, um, I asked my parents, um, again, I'm a grown man here, I asked my parents to speak a blessing over me. Um, I wanted to hear that, I wanted them to do that, and they graciously did that. <clears throat> so kids, you can ask your folks to do this, okay? Tell them that you want them to do this. Now here's the deal. This is a really important, it's a cool thing that we're talking about, and I truly believe hundreds of children's lives are going to be significantly impacted. Because many of you are going to start doing this. 
Many of you are going to start doing this. And, and when they have kids, they're going to do this with their children. So generations will be impacted because of what you're learning right now. And that gets me jazzed. But there's more because we don't want to just talk about this. We want to actually do this. We're going to have a massive blessing of children that's going to happen right here in a few minutes. Every child in this building is going to get blessed today. Um, it's going to be awesome and a bit chaotic. Okay, so uh, let, me, let me just take a moment here and explain. First of all, explain the story of how we got here. Um, how this transpired. A few months ago, I started thinking about child dedication. Um, how do we do it? How we do it and what the purpose is. You know, you do something over time and you never really think about why you do it. And then all of a sudden it's like, why do we do it that way anyway? And what is that about? And, and so I started to just ask some of those questions. And I, I realized over time what, what's happened in many churches, including ours, is that child dedication has become more about a parent dedication. Parents stand before the congregation and they promise to raise their children in a Christian home. And all that's really good. <clears throat> it's good. But it got me thinking, what should be the primary purpose of child dedication? So I started looking at scripture and I realized there really is no biblical precedent or requirement for an official one-time child dedication. What, 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 what seems to be the greater emphasis is exactly what we see in Mark 10. This incredible privilege of blessing children. Not just once, but repeatedly. So I had this kind of radical idea. I don't know of any other church that's doing this, but, but I had this radical idea. What if, instead of continuing to do child dedication the way we have, where it's more about the parents than the child, what if we focused more on child dedication being about the child? expressing value and blessing upon the child. And what if, rather than this being the pastoral thing that happens on stage, what if every parent felt equipped and empowered to do this with their children? So in a sense, child dedication could be a continual thing where we as parents and grandparents regularly declare and impart a blessing upon these children. And the church then becomes the place where parents are equipped and encouraged to do this regularly themselves. So I bounced this idea off some of our staff and elders, and they loved it. Um, setting, this idea of setting aside a weekend to focus on dedicating and blessing every child and empowering and equipping parents to do it for themselves. So here we are. This is a historic moment at Christ Community. Um, and again, let me just say the next 10 minutes are going to be a bit chaotic. That's okay. It's going to be a fun chaos. Okay? So here, here's what's going to happen in a minute. Not yet, parents, but in, in a couple minutes here. The worship team is going to come out, and they're going to start leading us in worship, just like we typically do in our services. When they start that, we want every parent in here to go and get your child. This includes West and 15th Street. Both at West and 15th Street, you can go directly to the Tiny Tots rooms where you checked your children in. Your Kids Connection elementary age kids will be in the lobby at both of our campuses. They'll be in the lobby. Our leaders will have brought them down to the lobby to, um, to make picking them up easier. Parents, by the way, you need to bring your child's sticker with you because you will be going there and checking them out the same way as usual. We want this to be a safe 
and secure things. So we're locking down our building, okay? Um, sort of we are. Um, and in light of that, in the next 10 minutes or so, until the blessing is done, no one will be allowed to leave the building with a child, okay? We're trying to make this as secure as possible, and we b- believe we are. <clears throat> Once you pick up your children... Bring them back in here. We're going to be singing in here. we got a couple songs here initially. There's plenty of time. Bring your kids back in here with you. When everyone is back in this room, I'm going to come back up here, and we're going to bless every child in this room together, okay? We're going to put a blessing on the screen, and you parents or grandparents or whatever, you're going to place a hand on your child and, or grandchildren, and you're going to speak a blessing. We'll do it together, and we'll do make sure every child has that done. So I'm going to explain a few more details when I come back up. So here's the way this is going to happen. I'm going to, I'm going to, let me just pray for us, because um, some of you are freaking out right now, okay? So not really, but uh, let me just pray for us. It's going to be cool. It's totally going to be cool. Even if you don't have kids, it's going to be awesome just to be a part of this. It's going to be awesome. Um, and so let me pray. I mean, then, and parents, you can go get your kids, but let, let's just pray for a moment. God, thank you for this opportunity. It's an amazing thing that we're learning in your word. The power of noticing children, the power of blessing children. And we thank you for the children who, in just a couple minutes, will be blessed. We're grateful for that opportunity, and we pray for that to be a spiritual impartation, not only right now, but in the days and weeks to come. Lord, that this would become a regular part of many families, and that children and generations would be impacted because of this. So thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. We love you, Lord. We love you, God. Bless this chaos that's going to happen in a few minutes here, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so why don't we all stand? Worship team's going to lead us. Parents, go for it. Go get your children. Tiny tots, go to the Tiny Tots area. Kids Connection kids will be in the lobby. And then come back in here.